Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. Fall camp is here. We've got now gone through, I think, eight practices and a scrimmage. It's been a lot of fun stuff to be hearing about, and it's just like a breath of fresh air. You know, we went through the whole summer of not hearing a whole lot, minus, you know, that one bad thing that happened to TJ. So, you know, whatever. We're moving past that, obviously. And now we're into fall camp. Jared, how you doing? Starting to feel like Allen Iverson, the old practice. We're talking about practice. I'm ready to start <laughs> talking about games. That's what I want to talk about. But yeah, yeah uh, as of right, a lot of the uh, fan base that's too young is like, what's he talking about? Y'all can YouTube that, Allen Iverson. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to start talking about games. And, um, you know, uh, we're, we don't get a lot out of what we're, you know, we're seeing people who are, we're getting viewpoints from people that watch 20 minutes of practice and, um, you know, stories are all over the place. So I, yeah. I don't know what to believe or, or think, and let's just, uh, let's start playing where we can all see what's happening and make our own opinion is, is what I want to get to. Right. And, and I think, did, didn't you hear, I think they're going to have an open practice. Uh, it's kind of like Auburn's fan day thing. It's like a week before. So I guess all fans will get to see a little bit of it. Now, will they show anything? It's probably like a day. It's not like you really glean a whole lot from it, but you're probably watching, you know, the players that might be the starters. So like you might gain a little bit more from that than a you know 20 minute media viewing, which, you know, that's kind of, yeah. if we're being honest, those are planned times where they don't do a whole lot. They just, you know, have a few passes and say, all right, do this, you know, run this. And you know, that's, that's kind of the set thing. So I think that'll be kind of exciting for the fans to see. Um, but yeah, there's there's a handful of fall camp storylines that I've been seeing. Main one that I think we're going to probably sit on for a little bit is the quarterback battle. But also, Jared, I think I've been hot, uh, jumping on the hype train for Camden Brown. Are, are you on too? Yeah, I'm ready to build a statue for him out, <laughs> out in front of the stadium. I Just tell me when and where. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where everybody there every year there's a there's a spring, summer, fall camp hero that you never hear about <laughs> during yeah. the season, right? Happens every year. But this this guy keeps showing up every practice. Like yeah. it's not just one it wasn't once. It was and I mean, he is the like the second name out of Harson's mouth a lot of times at the you know, when he's given a press conference and it's just crazy. I mean, the guy's huge. I, I, I may have mentioned it. It was in my brain. If I didn't, I think I mentioned that when we got him that I thought he could have a potential because he's just so big. Yeah. Um, you know, he was three star, so I don't really know why that is, but he also played at one of the more difficult high schools in the country, I think. So, right. 
a lot of talent around him. Maybe he didn't get, you know, all the balls thrown to him. But end of the day, he keeps showing up on player of the day, explosive player, all that. That's not by accident. He keeps showing up. He's, there's got to be something there to it from how I view it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm always – I take it with a grain of salt because I've I've seen where one player has this great, you know, practice or scrimmage, and then they're like, you know, third – string at that point and you're like okay so like why did i get all excited about this guy but this guy legitimately seems to be just coming back and over and over like you keep hearing about it and, and it's not just from you know harson and it's not from the beat reporters it's sometimes even from like the players and you're like that's pretty cool like they they're seeing a freshman come in and just you know own up and just be a leader even as a freshman and being a leader as a freshman, a lot of times just means, you know, giving a hundred percent effort and being there doing your job. And that's for him, that's what he's doing. And, and I'm excited to see what he actually does on a Saturday under the lights. And guess what? Hey, we get five straight of those in Jordan here. So we're good. We're about to get to see the true Camden Brown, which I'm really, really excited about. So for people that don't know much about him, um, try, first off, go try to find videos and image of him. But he he's kind of a Seth Williams body, maybe even a little bigger. And, you know, the hope is and the talk is he may actually have a little separation speed as well. Um, and I love Seth, but every catch Seth made, he was covered, right? And he made them. <laughs> but, you know, if this guy can do that and have separation, um, he could be the real deal. I mean, he's got the God-given aspect of it. And keep in mind, he wasn't here in the spring. He just came in in the summer. Like he didn't make it. He wasn't at the early camp. Um, he didn't enroll early. Right. So for him to pick up, he literally went from, you know, when they were splitting the, the veterans and first and second team uh, beginning uh, morning practice. And then the rookies and younger guys afternoon, he was only in that rookies and younger guys one day. Yeah. And then boom, he moved up to the veterans. So yeah, I'm excited if you can't tell. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Well, and it's also, I think this is kind of plays into a bigger storyline that I think should encourage Auburn fans. Is, is I'm just thinking about the wide receiver room, you know, last year compared to this year. And how many I was just thinking of, you know, last year when we were very depleted on wide receivers, I could probably name like five receivers, and that's including tight ends. You know, anybody who catches the ball, I, I could really only think of like five. Guys, maybe six, if you include like a Tank Bigsby or something out of the backfield or Dark West, something like that. But now, like I was going through it, there's legitimately eight, maybe even nine guys that are wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs that can be legitimate pass it, you know, pass catchers at any given game. And so that's just a lot of options there that I think could be pretty beneficial when you're trying to spread out the ball. Um, which from what we've kind of seen is kind of, uh, you know, what Harson likes to do. He doesn't always like to go to, you know, that one playmaker. So I I'm excited about that. Um, something else that I think is another kind of bigger storyline is the offensive line. You know, think back to even last year, I think the offensive line improved some last year, but still had some pretty big gaping holes. And, and you know, last year, think about this time last year we were in fall camp and they were still doing like full on, like it seemed like five new guys on offensive line and then another five guys 
And like, there wasn't a whole lot of like, oh, we're for sure. We know these guys are going to be off offensive line. Well, guess what? This year we have four out of the five offensive linemen coming back. So not only is that good, but it seems like this offensive line is getting the push that they need, opening up the holes. They're doing what they're supposed to. And I think that's a positive encouragement. Now, will that translate from the practice field to the, to the game? It's yet to be seen, but I am optimistic about that. And I, I've only been hearing great things about this offensive line. Um, wasn't there somebody else that maybe a former player or something talked about the offensive line? Yeah, I, I heard somewhere, uh, and again, none of this can be verified, but I heard that there was a former offensive lineman at the at the scrimmage and word got out from what he said. He said that essentially this group is uh, way better than they were last year at this time. So hmm. that's pretty promising, um, especially with it being an O-lineman that knows what to look for. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? It could have – I hate to, I probably shouldn't say this, but it could have been Cole Kublick. I mean, he's part of Auburn, you know, it's he possible. could have been down there watching. So, and if it is, he definitely knows football. I do not know that it was him at all, but I'm just thinking of who would have been there. Um, so yeah, they, but that person apparently said that they, they are way better. And, you know, they ran one V ones, uh, at practice right. and the, the other number one, we know they drove down and scored a couple of times, but they said that there were several times there were, very nice holes for the running back to run through. And we didn't create that at all last year, in my opinion. Huh. There there were times I thought, felt like, thank, thank goodness Tank Bigsby has, you know, some sort of like, uh, kind of reminds me of like Ant-Man where like there doesn't look like a spot and then he like shrinks and then he like cuts through the hole and then he like gets big again. And you're like, feels like that. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So that's promising if that's, you know, again, one person's opinion, but, um, that you know, we haven't heard that about our offensive line in six years. So yeah. I mean it's it's encouraging. I'm still trying to like temper my expectations with the offensive line because it is four out of the five guys. Um and, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, that chemistry that was already there. And now they're they have to, you know, do that again for this this year. But I think it I don't know. I'm optimistic about it. All right, Jared. Let's get into kind of the meat of, you know, this big storyline around quarterbacks, because there's a lot to, you know, pick apart here. So the top quarterbacks right now, it seems like TJ Finley, Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford. And for most people, it seems to be kind of they're leaning towards TJ Finley and Zach Calzada, though Robbie Ashford has had his chances with the ones. And I think that's, that's pretty amazing just for him um so i think it's still an open playing field though uh harson did say in his conference after the first scrimmage that there was you know some separation with quarterbacks and i think there's that's a very good thing because we're we're three weeks away less than three weeks now away from the first game i feel like there should be separation and i don't know i i would love for the quarterback to be named honestly in like a week, maybe two weeks tops, because then that truly gives you, and, and I'm, I, it probably will be now. Will they make it that public? I don't know what Harson's kind of policy on that is and what he normally does, but you know, that's the way it kind of goes. So Jared quarterbacks, what are you kind of overall feeling for 
for that. Oh, are we is that something to talk about there? I didn't even know. I thought oh. we had our quarterback settled. I didn't know anything was going oh, on. It's Bo Nix, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. All right, yeah. Let's yeah. That that could get. That's pretty polarizing. That could <laughs> be a good podcast. Um. Uh, first off, I owe you a Starbucks. Uh, Calzada was. Not, I like the little yes. <laughs> I picture the guy from Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, where he I, I was actually doing that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Calzada was not named starter before uh, fall camp, so I owe you a Starbucks. And uh, Calzada may not be named starter ever, which is kind of blowing my mind, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has SEC experience, as does TJ. But we're talking about a guy that, um, I mean, what did A&M went? Eight and four or something. They had a pretty good year. He was the reason they beat Alabama, in mm-hmm. my opinion. He was making throws left and right. And I just... I think everybody thought he was just going to come in and, you know, take over. And he hasn't done that. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. I, I think at this moment, um, I think I've said on this podcast, there's zero chance TJ Finley's our starter. Uh, I, at this point, I would say it's probably more likely he starts against Mercer. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been on the TJ Finley just because I know he can be consistent but that doesn't always mean consistently good. <laughs> and I was honestly hoping Zach Calzada would just be like this, you know, spark that would just ignite this offense. And and from the reports we've been getting, I, I'm not necessarily hearing that, which is a little disappointing. Um, now, Calzada three weeks from now could legitimately be our starter, but the only real quarterback that looked like a quote-unquote SEC quarterback was TJ Finley. And yeah, that I, was from somebody in inside the building. Apparently, yeah. I, I think we heard. Yeah, somebody said that he was the only one that even looked like he belonged on an SEC team. Which is uh, again weird because Zach Calzada was on an SEC team at Texas A and M. Yeah, I, I'm. Here's the this ha, in my mind. This has to be the. I mean, Zach missed spring ball and had surgery. And maybe we're downplaying that. I mean, the effect maybe. that had, I guess. Um, I mean, here's the deal. It doesn't matter. He's either ready or not, right? So it's like, this isn't Zach Calzada University. It's Auburn. Like, we got to put somebody out there. But if you're talking about why hasn't Zach won it, that could be the reason. And I will say this, too. I don't know where I heard this, but somebody said, look, these these scrimmages and stuff, these are really for the coaches. So sometimes coaches put players in easier positions and put others in more difficult to see how they handle it. Mm. so you know we won't know if all things were equal right we don't know if the play calling was done differently we don't know if it was like hey just do this one read or the other one's like hey i need you to go through all your reads we Mm -hmm. have no idea what they were told um but only the coaches know that um it's kind of like the backup quarterback mentality right so everybody always gets excited about the backup because it's (laughs) an unknown i think we were all excited about calzada or ashford because it's an unknown yeah, I feel like we know TJ's ceiling. And personally, if it is TJ, I've lowered my expectations a little bit for the season. Um, but maybe TJ has improved. That's always possible. It happened with Jason Campbell, in my opinion. So who knows, man? I, I, I just would not – if obviously I put a Starbucks on it, which is – what are those going for, 50 bucks now? <laughs> hey, inflation, man. Yeah, inflation. So I put a lot of money on it. And um, that's how confident I was it would not be TJ. But here we sit. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. 
Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Either of those I'd be fine with. And I think you would too, to some extent. Now, does it mean, like, I legitimately think if TJ is our quarterback, he can win us a few games, but he's not, at least so far, hasn't shown me that, you know, the last minute of the game really needs to win kind of, you know, that that you know extra thing that, like, a leader at quarterback needs to have. And that's the only question mark in my mind, I think, well, and then you can sometimes just miss short passes, and that's really annoying. We saw that a lot last year, and you're like, dude, it's like a 10-yard pass. It's not that hard. It's like playing catch in the backyard. It's not that hard. And yet he can't make that. So I think those are the two in my mind. But again, back to like the Zach Calzada thing. You know, we we jumped on the Calzada hype train pretty quickly because, you know, why not? It's the unknown. And on top of that, you know, Calzada's uh his quarterback coach was you know posting some videos of him practicing this summer and they looked really good they really did and who's to say you know TJ wasn't doing the same thing just you know not on social media you know his coach posting it there so I I don't know like that's where I'm kind of at with it like I I like TJ if he's our quarterback I think I'm gonna have a little slightly tempered expectations Calzada has a little bit of that question mark of a it factor potentially uh i don't know i don't know it could be real interesting from a likability standpoint and and you know stuff like that i I absolutely have no problem with it being tj from a on the field product from what we saw last year it does not excite me um Mm. and you know i think it's really the consistency thing you talked about but to be honest with you i don't know if zach has that we have zero clue what Robbie has. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. I still think of then also at the end of the day, who, in my opinion, unless this person's just terrible, <laughs> I'm going with the dude that throws the most accurate deep ball because mm-hmm. I still think that's how you win ball games in the SEC to go over the top. So, you know, you may have to deal with a little 50, a 50% overall completion percentage, but if you can throw the deep ball better than the other guy, yeah, I'm I'm rolling with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
and I know we haven't really talked about Robbie Ashford, but the okay, so that's where it's always hard because he's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. I mean, think about back to kind of our typical running quarterbacks, you know, Cam Newton and Nick Marshall in the last, you know, 15 years. Both of them, we didn't really know preseason before, you know, the 2010 or 2013 season what they really had. And Robbie Ashford could come out there. We play him in one of our kind of, you know, first or second games where we're not playing a whole lot of, you know, really hard games. And you you put him out there and he he performs really highly. Maybe he gets a, you know, a few series in a bigger game and then shows out because he's got this breakaway speed or whatever it is. I I mean, from what I saw at A Day, he looks very agile and fast. I think those are two combinations that I would love to see. Um, I don't think that necessarily wins him the position at starting starting quarterback, but it potentially gets him some playing time. You know, at a wildcat, you know, throw him in there. He's a legit running threat, but he can also pass. You know, the defense has to respect that. So that's the way I'm kind of thinking about Robbie Ashford. I think he's just got a, a more uh, defined you know role in this offense. All right, so the wide receivers, they're, they're kind of this, I like the depth. They seem to have that. Um, and we even have some senior leaders like Shedrick Jackson, who Harson even called out after the scrimmage for having a great catch. There's been others, like even one of the more exciting ones to me is Coy Moore, uh, who caught a touchdown pass. That's that's kind of for me, you know, we've got more depth there. I'm I'm personally really excited about that. And not to mention, you know, our boy Camden Moore or Camden Brown, who I think could be one of the best uh, when when they come out of Auburn. Um, as long as they stay here, they could be legitimately probably one of the best wide receivers to come out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think I think we got a lot of depth and we have some guys that can be number ones. I don't know that we had a guy last year where like that guy could be a number one. Yeah, um, I think this year, Coy Moore could be uh, by the end of the year, Camden Brown might could be um, who knows about the other guys stepping up that were here last year. I think Shedrick Jackson is definitely more of that uh, possession type guy. He's going to run the perfect route. You can trust him. Um, so I think that's going to continue to be his role. But all in all, you know, you know, somebody I hadn't really heard about, though, AJ, that's surprising is uh, Landon King. Yeah, I mean. He switched over from you know, tight end to wide receiver. I haven't heard a whole lot from him. I uh, From the practices, he was kind of working with the twos or the threes. And my guess is he's just kind of getting acclimated. But he's such a big body that, I mean, I hope he could potentially, you know, break into that, you know, first or second string and get some legit play time. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I, I think that um... – I mean, just, you know, he, he came from practice squad to becoming kind of a, a cult-like hero <laughs> for the receiving core, which even though it was a tight end, yeah. everybody loved him. Um, he had some big plays last year. He had great catches in the Iron Bowl. So I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably just moving positions. There's, there's way – we think all that's simple. It's not simple. And no. So, yeah, I think it's probably just learning. It, it's a whole different route tree that you're trying to run. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and for him, he he's a big enough guy. He could play tight end. But now he's trying to kind of fit into that wide receiver mold a little bit more. And, you know, that takes time. Um, and, and 
hey, it may take them a little bit of time even throughout the season before we really start seeing the emergence of, of Landon King. Another group that we, we've heard you know, pretty good things about has been the running backs. So, you know, obviously Tank and Jarquez, they're still getting high praise. They're doing what they're supposed to, which is expected. I mean, they, they've now played under Harson for a year, and I think both of them in some ways were part of the reason we won some of those games because they, they did what they had to. They got down and dirty, and, you know, that's, that's what you have to do at the running back position. But a new one, a new guy, get ready to start hearing his name. Damari Olson, freshman, ended up scoring two touchdowns during the scrimmage. He's still going to be behind Tank and Jarquez. But watch out for him and get used to Damari Olson. You're going to be screaming his name when he's scoring that touchdown this year. He will score some touchdowns, making that prediction right now. Want to put a Starbucks? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I can't I lose will. another one. I can't lose another one. <laughs> I mean, I'm one for one right now. So. <laughs> Batting a thousand. Yeah, I think uh, you can't keep up with everybody, right? And Austin's one of those guys that also came in late. You know, he wasn't here and he wasn't able to get here in the spring. Um, so yeah, he enrolled later. So, uh, you know, he's playing catch up and to be playing catch up and to have two touchdowns in the first scrimmage, that's pretty good. And, and yeah. you know, he, he was like one of the top, I think Harson when he came to the podium, I think he basically was like Camden and Demario. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive because those are true freshmen. And I heard somebody say they kind of all right, it's great he scored touchdowns, but what happened? Well, they said he they said he he uh, number one he has breakaway speed. Yeah, um, love was, that. Yeah, we hadn't had that. I mean, as much as I love Tank, Tank can get caught from behind. Um, Demario breakaway speed, and they said he was hitting the hole is like a one cut hit the hole take off. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, you're right. I I don't see I could foresee a way he takes the quote unquote number two spot maybe by the end of the year. Hmm. Um, only reason I say that is we don't really talk about this much, but Jarquez most of his productivity came at the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. He, it toward and nothing against him. It's, I mean, our own line wasn't great, but he wasn't as great the second half of the year. I think he's a great running back. I think he'll maintain that number two. But if Demario keeps doing what he did yesterday or in the scrimmage on Saturday, then I mean he'll take the number one. I mean, yeah, he had he had a really good scrimmage. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about him. I mean, it's always fun to root for for kind of the the new face on the block, which is Camden Brown and Demario Demario Olson. So you know, both of them right now are you know everybody's like, oh, new names like this, they're doing things, but again. You know, let's wait and see how he actually does, especially against, you know, top level. Yeah, real t- right, right. You got to do it against the, the it, with the lights on and the playing against a real legit defense. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah. if, he, if that continues, he's going to get, he's going to get some playing time. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's transition a little bit to defense and then we'll finish out pretty briefly with a uh, special team. So, defense. So, we had a few pretty big plays. Um, we ended up having probably, well, definitely one credited ta- sack from Ekulieta and Harson ended up saying Derek Hall probably had one or two sacks. Um, it was non-contact, so it's kind of hard to you know judge whether or not they actually were sacks. But you know, again, kind of showing you know, that's where the defensive line is at, which I'm very excited about. Uh, a couple other guys, Owen Papo, 
he is back. You know, he's for most of the last season ended up, you know, he had that lower body injury and uh, you know, he, it took him a while, a lot longer than probably even he thought to recover. But Harson mentioned, he was like, he's looking like he's back to normal. And I think that is a great thing for Auburn because a healthy Owen Papo is a great, is just great for our defense. There is a big, you know, think about the times we even had, you know, Zacoby McLean out last year and how many times, you know, that hurt us <laughs> as yeah, soon as they came in. Georgia State. I know. <laughs> hey, hey, we give up 24 points in the first half. He comes in, we give up zero. Exactly. Like, and that's my point. Like, Owen Papo is that difference maker. He's a big guy. He can do it. Um, one other kind of fun defensive play that happened was uh, at the very end of the scrimmage. And uh, Craig McDaniel, he's the Iowa State transfer. Uh, he got – it was about a 90, 95-yard scoop and score touchdown. So, oh, you, nice. love to see, you love to see that. Um, and apparently it was one of the linebackers that punched the ball out, and then he just scooped it up and – that's yeah that's I think it was pretty cam fun. riley if i'm not mistaken cool no it may have been i'm sorry who's the who, all right so we got peppa excuse me we got peppo cam riley who's the other guy steiner or wesley steiner yeah, i think it is steiner and steiner, steiner, steiner got steiner some it out yeah steiner got some uh yeah he got some good good props too from yeah i think he might have been the one that caused the fumble more i think about it cool so i think that's pretty exciting um let's finish it out with special teams here so the only kind of thing we really heard about special teams was Anders Carlson. And you mentioned he went four for four, which I think is great considering, you know, he just had ACL surgery and now is back. And I think that's a great thing for us. I mean, we do have, um, what is it? Uh, I'm going to mess up. Is it Evan McPherson? McPherson. Yeah. I think. Yeah. He was um, the number one kicker out of high school. Yeah. We do have him. But I'll, I'll be kind of curious to see how they kind of handle this. Do they, because Anders isn't 100%, maybe give kickoffs to Evan? And then you That's give only but place kicking and maybe PATs to Anders. Save I would life. definitely limit Anders, you know, what he's having to do. But, you know, I don't, my coaching ability is limited to EA Sports <laughs> on the Xbox. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody will ever pay me fifty dollars, much less fifty million to coach. But yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely limit it to, uh, especially when you got a guy like you know Evan, because he's, like I said, he's obviously got a leg. He was the number one kicker in, in America, and we've mentioned it before. People may not realize his brother's the one for the Bengals, right? Right. The yep. For the Bengals, and who <laughs> infamously uh, stayed out during the halftime show, and <laughs> oh yeah, that became a thing. But he didn't go back with his team. But yeah, anyways. I, uh, you know, all in all, that was good for Anders because you don't ever, I mean, obviously kicking, I don't, which, was it his plant leg? I don't even know which one he had ACL surgery on. Not 100% sure. Okay. But yeah, either way, you need both of them, both legs to kick, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. So for him to go out and go four for four, that's pretty good. Yeah. Really excited about that. Um, We'll kind of see as this fall camp plays out, you know, kick returns, punt returners, that still TBD as far as I'm aware. So. Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, uh, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.